0: Do you want a true champion's perspective? Well, come on over to the Bolts broadcast, where we talk about the Tampa Bay Lightning, have some friendly banter, and of course, hockey name of the day. If you pronounce it, you can get it. Anthony Nunschwander. Ah, you didn't pronounce it. That's right. up? An- Anthony? Anthony Nunschwander. It's N U E N. It's Neuen it's Neunschwander. Anthony Neuen Dude, I always slept in German class, so I don't know. I don't know how you expected me to put that together. Come on. You only took it for four years. I took it for two. You took it for two years? Oh, no. Jada yeah. took it that long. I, I took it for two years and was, like, asleep in all of German 2. Oh, you, you, you she, only took it in, in uh, junior high. You didn't take it yeah. in high school at all. No. Yeah, she sent us across the hallway, and it was, like, me... And I don't know, five other people. And all we did was just goof off because it was an empty room of just us while she was too busy yelling at you guys because you guys were a terrible <laughs> class. No, uh, we weren't terrible, terrible class. A couple people were terrible people. I'm uh, not going to mention names. I'm not going to call it anybody in this pod. It was Chase Crawshaw. <laughs> it was 100% not me. <laughs> oh boy. I know a couple of those names, but uh, yeah, it's a good point, Chase. We won't mention those here. New episodes every Monday. Only on the Hockey Podcast Network. Welcome to New York. Attention Attention fans, fans. this This is the Devil's Devil's State State of Mind podcast, Podcast. brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Podcast Podcast
1: Network.
0: Now Now here's here's your host, host,
1: Neil Neil Villapiano. Villapiano. What's going on, Devil's fans? It is your host, Neil Villapiano, and welcome to another edition of the Devil's state-of-mind podcast here on the Hockey Podcast Network. Thank you, guys, as always, for taking some time out of your busy schedule to listen to this episode. It truly does mean a lot to me. And boy, Devils fans, we have an action-packed episode for you today. We are going to be going over some of the latest and most interesting rumors that involve your New Jersey Devils. And also, because this episode will be coming out just the day before the NHL draft, I'm going to be giving my final mock draft for the Devils. So I'm just going to go through the three picks that the devils have in the first round. I think that a lot of devils fans would like to know where I stand on this. And this is pretty much going to be the final one. The one that I actually think is going to happen. I also took into consideration that the devils, you know, they may make a trade with one of those picks. We've heard rumors about that before, so I took that in consideration, but I I did this mock draft basically with the intention that the Devils would actually use all three picks. So hopefully that makes a little bit more sense for you guys. But we have a ton of stuff to talk about. So without further ado, let's drop the puck. So we're gonna kick things off today with talking about some of the latest rumors and latest reports that involve. The New Jersey Devils. We had some good ones last week, but I think this week things are really, really starting to pick up. And the first one that we're going to talk about is something that actually came up a couple months ago and it has been brought up once again. Because according to Jeff Merrick of Sportsnet, he feels that Henrik Lundqvist going to the Devils is a possibility. Now, for those of you that don't know, Henrik Lundqvist was bought out of his contract this past Tuesday by the Rangers he carried an $8.5 million salary cap hit and was scheduled to make $4.5 million with a $1 million signing bonus on the last year of a seven-year, $59.5 million deal he signed back in 2013. So this is a question that I think a lot of Devils fans are trying to get a definitive answer from. I think there's people that have opinions on both sides of this. Uh, I'm kind of on the fence with this because I look at it and I say, Lundqvist, I think, would be a solid backup option for Mackenzie Blackwood for a year. I think it would also help to just have a veteran presence like Henrik Lundqvist, the guy who is pretty much the definition of a professional. You know, playing in the biggest media market in the world in New York, playing for an historic original six franchise like the New York Rangers. You know, he he definitely understands what it takes to be a professional and act like one, and it could help create a really good culture within the young players on this team. And for some people, they might consider him to be a better veteran backup option than Corey Schneider. So let's kind of go through this a little bit. The first part, when it comes to why Henrik Lundqvist going to the Devils would make sense, is that it could make sense from a family standpoint. Lundqvist is, you know, basically lives in New York City. Uh, not sure where, obviously, and not going to stalk him or anything, but he does live in New York City, and it would be easy for him if he were to go to the Devils where he may not have to move. He could just stay in New York and commute that way. I don't think that would be much of an issue for him. And his family can remain here and his kids can continue to go to school here. And it would make sense. And you know, he doesn't have to move very much. This is why people, when John Tavares was a free agent two years ago, why people were saying, oh, the Devils makes a lot of sense. He doesn't have to move very far. Blah, 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 blah. Like, it was stuff like that. And it's kind of the similar thing here. For Lundqvist, it would just make a lot of sense geographically. Um, and again, like I mentioned before, it would be a solid backup option for McKenzie Blackwood. You know, we obviously, as Devils fans, want McKenzie Blackwood to not have to play 60-plus games a year. We'd like him to play a good amount where he can develop correctly and also just have a reliable backup. And I think that's something that we've been lacking over the last couple of years with this team. And I've been a big proponent and a big defender of Corey Schneider, especially the way he finished this past year before a play was stopped, that I think he can actually get back to a point of being a really solid goaltender. Now, speaking of Corey Schneider, he does have two years left on that contract he signed Back in 2015-2014, uh, the year after he got traded to the Devils. And he's making $6 million per year for the next two years. So he make about $12 million for the next two seasons. The Devils have been rumored to possibly buy him out and completely move on and get a different backup. If the Devils were to buy out Corey Schneider, then obviously that would open the door for someone like Henrik Lundqvist, Like if you want to continue to look at the veteran options, like someone I mentioned last week, Thomas Grice, you know, guys like that. If you want to go really crazy and maybe you take, you know, Askarov in the draft, you know, he could be, you know, that, that one, a that one B type of guy per se, you know, there are different options. The devils might be a little bit fearful to buy Corey Steiner out because it's not like with Lundquist where it wasn't going to cost them that much. And it was only the last year of his deal. For Corey, it's two more years. So obviously, they're going to have to pay him still a, a decent amount for the next couple of years if they do decide to buy him out. I'm hearing less and less that that's going to happen, but crazier things, you know, crazier things have happened. So let's keep that in mind and let's may, let's just assume, right? Let's just assume that the Devils do decide to buy out Corey Schneider and they're looking at Henrik Lundqvist. I think the question simply is, would Lundqvist want to do it? Would he want to go to one of the Rangers' most hated rivals in the New Jersey Devils and really stir with them? I know a lot of Devils fans are half serious and and mostly joking about, oh, let's get Henrik Lundqvist just to screw with Rangers fans. Honestly, I'm kind of with that in a way. I think it would be fun. I think it would be kind of interesting, and I think it would kind of put the kibosh on, you know, was Lundqvist better than Martin Bernera? Be just kind of like, well, now, you know, basically Lundqvist, Works for Martin Berner. Like it just would be that kind of very weird um, thing that all comes, you know, all comes together basically. But to kind of wrap this up, to be honest with you, Devils fans, I don't really think this is going to happen because I don't think Lundquist wants to just go to another team and just, you know, hope that he gets a chance to play a decent amount. I don't think Lundquist feels that his career is over. I still feel that he can play another two years at the max. So I think that. If he were to go somewhere, Lundqvist would want to go to a contender. I think he would want to go somewhere where he could be a backup for a team that is going to try to make a run at a Stanley Cup. I heard people mention possibly the Colorado Avalanche. They may want to move on from Francois or Hutchinson to kind of, you know, get somebody else to pair with with Grubauer. That's always a possibility. I heard somebody mention the Vegas Golden Knights. I know that the Golden Knights a couple days ago, actually it was on Saturday morning they signed Robin Leonard to a five-year deal. So the question is, is Marc-Andre Fleury's time in Vegas done? And if that is the case, then bringing in a veteran presence like Lundqvist, I think would be a good good fit for them. You know, and obviously they also mentioned the Washington Capitals as another team. You know, clearly, clearly, you know, Brandon Holpe is not going to be back. Uh, Samsonoff is going to be the number one, and they will need a solid backup. And getting a veteran presence like Henrik Lundqvist, I think, would be, would be interesting. Uh, but speaking from the Devils' standpoint, the only way I could see this is a few things. One is that the Devils want to move on from Corey Schneider and just buy him out and try to get a veteran goaltender for a year or two. Another, another thing is, does Lundqvist want to come play for the Devils? Would he be okay with going to a team that's probably not going to contend for the next couple of years? By the time the Devils get good, Lundqvist might already have just decided to hang him up anyway. Uh, there's always also the possibility that Lunquist could you know, retire, and he could just go back back home or just play at home, you know, in, in Sweden. You know, there's that possibility too. But I think the bottom line with this is this. If the Devils do buy out Corey Schneider, I definitely think they'll give it, a, give it a thought, but I just don't see it being a possibility. From more Lundqvist's standpoint, the Devils could really want him, but could Lundqvist want to go to the red and black? I don't know. The one thing I would know for certain is that he wouldn't be allowed to wear number 30. And... To be honest with you, seeing Henrik Lundqvist in a Devils uniform wearing any other number but 30 would be really, really weird. Um, but I do believe that Devils fans would actually support him 100%. I think that they would they would give him a lot of love. Uh, it was like that when Jaramir Jager signed with the Devils a couple of years ago. Uh, you know, we knew him for very long playing with the Penguins and the Rangers. Then he comes to New Jersey and he becomes a fan favorite. You know, there's nothing saying that Lundqvist can't come to New Jersey, and play at The Rock, and do relatively well, and he becomes a Devils fan favorite. And I think that would be a really cool thing. But bottom line is, I don't think this is really much of a possibility, but we'll see how it goes. A lot can change between the time you're probably listening Probably by the time you're listening to this, something might have already happened. Who knows? But that would be just my definitive answer to, do I think this is a possibility? I think I would say 75%, it's probably not going to happen. But there's always a chance, and we'll just have to wait and see. So the next rumor that came up that I wanted to discuss was one that came from Elliot Friedman, also of Sportsnet, who a couple days ago, I believe it was actually Friday, he was on Sportsnet for another segment, and one of the rumors that came up that he was talking about was with the Devils, and it involves also Mikhail Sergachev. and he says that he could see the Devils interested in Mikhail Sergachev if he's available. Could take a first-round pick to start the process of making a trade, and he also says that he expects the Devils to be very active this offseason, possibly the most active team in the offseason. Right now they're not. The Devils really haven't made any, you know, major moves. They've made a couple moves here there. They they re-signed Brett Sini and a couple other guys to, you know, minor league deals, so to speak. So they kind of worked out with getting some guys to remain in Binghamton. But when it comes to the major moves that we've been hearing the Devils, you know, rumored to be involved in. They haven't really been brought, nothing really has happened yet. But Elliot Freeman brought this up and I think it makes it a very interesting thing because, you know, when you guys are listening to this, you're a day away from the draft. So again, things could happen between, you know, then when you're listening and then when we actually get to the draft. A lot of people have been speculating that this draft will be very heavy when it comes to trade. I think you'll see a lot of movement. I personally don't think you'll see a lot of movement until we get to the middle or the late part of the first round. I think early on, a lot of teams are just going to take the best guy that's there, the guy that they scout and they feel the most comfortable with. I don't think we'll see any major moves like that. But talking about this and the Devils possibly being involved in maybe acquiring Mikhail Sergachev, I think that would be great. Because first of all, number one, he's a young defenseman, 22 years of age, with over 200 games of experience already in the National Hockey League. This is a proven, talented defenseman. This would be a guy that, without a doubt, I think would be on your top defensive pairing. I I don't think that you would get a guy like him if you didn't believe that he could be a number one defenseman. And this past regular season, in the 2019-20 regular season, Mikhail Sergeyev finished with 10 goals, 24 assists, and 34 points in the regular season. In the postseason, he had three goals, seven assists, and 10 points, helping the Tampa Bay Lightning go all the way and win the Stanley Cup. And like I mentioned before, he's 22 years of age. So he fits into that age range with a lot of the other players that Tom Fitzgerald said he wants to build around that we've mentioned numerous times before. Mikhail Sergeyev has played in 228 games so far in his very young career with 25 goals, 81 assists for 106 points. So you can tell that this guy is an impact, young, talented defenseman and Getting a guy of Sergachev's talent would be massive. It would be a statement type of thing that we are getting a guy that's not only going to help us immediately, but it's going to be beneficial for us in the long term. Now, Tom Fitzgerald has made it publicly clear that if he's going to make any moves, especially for players that are going to help them now and in the future, and, and not necessarily getting you know, prospects in the draft, that they have to have some amount of control or term. And with Sergachev, he is a restricted free agent this year. And I've heard that the Lightning are very, very keen on keeping Sergachev long term. The Lightning know that they'll have to move some pieces regardless of, you know, who they decide to really focus on keeping. And Sergachev could possibly be available. There has been no indication that he is actually available. But Elliott Freeman said that he could see the Devils being very aggressive in trying to get Sergachev if he is available. The question then is, is that if you're able to orchestrate a trade, could you then sign him to a deal that he's looking for? The answer to that is simply yes, because the Devils have $26 million in cap at the moment, and they can easily afford to give this guy what he wants. I don't know exactly what he's looking for, but I would imagine that he would want a substantial pay raise. I would imagine between 5 to $6 million. Who knows? the Devils already are paying P.K. Subban, a defenseman, $9 million. So they could they could do that. I don't think the Devils would feel comfortable paying a huge amount of money for one defenseman, but it all just depends on what Sergachev would want and how the Devils could orchestrate it. Now, again, as I mentioned before, we still don't have that much word on what the Devils are going to do with Mackenzie Blackwood and Jesper Bratt. They are restricted free agents, and I know that the Devils want to sign them. I did hear a couple of days ago that there were preliminary talks from the Devils with these guys, including Kyle Palmieri, about contracts. So clearly the Devils are trying to focus on that as well. So Tom Fitzgerald has a lot to focus on and, you know, I'm sure he's going to probably go through the strap, get done with that, maybe go through the first couple of days of free agency and then go from there. If Sergachev is available, I do expect the Devils to be aggressive when it comes to getting someone like him because he is a team need and he fits that age group. This would be probably the smartest move of the offseason if the Devils could make it work. So I would absolutely love it. I really would. I think it would be a great addition. Do I think it's going to happen? You know, over the last couple years, you know, especially during the Ray Shira era, the Devils were always rumored to get – guys like this but never really pulled the trigger and you kind of wondered what exactly the reason for that was whether you want to say oh it's the ownership preventing the devils from doing so it's ratio himself not feeling comfortable making a move like that whatever you want to say is the reason it just these things never materialize so I don't I have a preconceived notion that this is probably not going to happen it's an exciting situation to be in no doubt and it's exciting to be part of rumors like that because it makes you feel like maybe the Devils really are trying to make moves. But I've mentioned this before, just because the Devils are involved in rumors doesn't necessarily mean that they're actually going to make a move. And also there are probably situations where Fitzgerald has called teams about certain players and tried to make a move or try to make a trade and it didn't work out. And we don't even know about it because not every analyst knows every single move that's happening. You know, sometimes they keep it very, very dark to the point where even the analysts don't really know what's going on. So there could be situations where the Devils have been trying to make moves and it just hasn't benefited them. We talked about it before here on the Devil's State of Mind podcast that a couple weeks ago when the Pittsburgh Penguins were able to reacquire Kasperi Kapanen from the Toronto Maple Leafs, that the Devils were one of the teams that Toronto was talking with. And it sounded like from what we're hearing that Tom Fitzgerald – felt that the Maple Leafs were asking for too much. And Fitzgerald did not want to give up a lot of the future. So Fitzgerald clearly has given specific guidelines as to what he wants to do, how he wants to acquire talent for the future, and even for the present right now. And he's just going to follow that to a T. And I've said it before that that's what gets me very optimistic and very trustworthy of Tom Fitzgerald. I really do believe that he has the devil's best interest at heart both in the present and in the future. So I think that gives you another reason to feel the optimism that he gives all of us Devils fans. So the bottom line with this is, I would absolutely love to acquire Mikhail Sergachev. He would be an impact player right away on our defense. He would be a guy that would be considered one of our top defensemen right away, 22 years of age. He's already won a Stanley Cup. He was a major contributor on a Stanley Cup winning team. So this guy has championship experience, this guy can be somewhat of a leader if you you know allow him to develop that way. Uh, a lot of Devils fans remember Sergeyev from two years ago when he got into that big scuffle with Brian Boyle in the playoffs at the Prudential Center. That was a pretty crazy uh, situation, but I think he's matured a little bit more over the last couple of years, and it would be a welcoming move. I think there would be not a single Devils fan that would say I didn't like that move. So I'm all for it if it's possible. But again. If he's not available, then there is then this whole rumor kind of doesn't mean very much. But if he is, I would expect the Devils to try to see if they can make a move. And it would probably have to require either the 18th or 20th overall pick. If the Lightning are asking for the 7th overall pick, I think the Devils should immediately hang up and just move on because the 7th overall pick is very key with regards to you know Fitzgerald making his first pick as the general manager of the Devils and making a statement right away. Unless the Devils get a deal that's just stupid not to take and it does fall the seventh overall pick, then I just don't see them making that move. So if we can get Sergachev for either the 18th or 20th pick, I'm not saying for both because that's an overpayment in my opinion, but if we get him for either the 18th or 20th overall pick and maybe a, a, a young player that, you know, we're willing to give up, you know, I think that'll work out. Uh, but it all just depends on it. Also, can the Devils give him the contract that he wants? I think money-wise and probably term, it wouldn't be that much of an issue. But, you know, we'll see what happens. But it's a it's a move that makes you raise your eyebrows. And the last part, when Freeman said expect New Jersey to be very active this offseason, th- this gives you a lot of excitement and a lot of like, oh, let's see what happens. And once we get to the draft is when the excitement's really going to start getting to the highest level, because then you're going to be like, okay, what are the devils going to do in the draft? Are they going to make some moves? Are we going to get a bombshell type of trade? Who knows? So let's see what happens here. But getting Sergeyev would be a very, very smart pickup for a multitude of different reasons. So the next rumor we're going to talk about, this is is not going to be that long, because this one just kind of came really out of nowhere. A few days ago, uh, at the time of this recording, or the day that I'm recording this, a few days ago. Which was probably this past Wednesday, Mike Morale uh, wrote an article that the NHL actually took down from its social media, uh, where Mike Morale was talking to Tom Fitzgerald, the GM of the Devils, about a guy like Alex Petrangelo. And basically, Tom Fitzgerald came out and said, Look, you know, there is a possibility that we're going to look at him, and we are certainly interested in bringing him in. Uh, it all would depend really on you know, does, you know, does he fit what we're trying to do? Does it make sense? You know, Fitzgerald said he'd have to go to ownership, Harris and David Blitzer, and and talk to them about it. Would Petrangelo want to come to New Jersey? Would he be okay with being part of that process? You know, all these things. Look, we talked about Petrangelo a few episodes ago, and I'll bring it up again. Alex Petrangelo wants something like nine and a half, almost $10 million average annual value in his next payday. And the Devils, while they do have the money to do so, I, it just doesn't make sense. Petrangelo is 30 years old, and by the time the Devils get to the point where we're really a playoff and eventual Stanley Cup contender, Petrangelo will be almost in his mid-30s and will not be the same player that he is right now. Unless Petrangelo would want to come to New Jersey on a three- or four-year deal where it works out, and by the time his skills start to decline the Devils can kind of just move on from him it just doesn't make a whole lot of sense so I I understand it and I like the fact that the Devils are involved in these type of big names because it gets you to think that you know Fitzgerald is really trying to find a way to improve the team in all facets and obviously with the defense being the number one issue getting a guy like Petrangelo would be tremendous and I've seen people talk about Petrangelo to the Devils and you know, obviously, if he were to come here, he would be an immediate veteran presence. People would say you'd give him the captaincy right away. He would be that franchise type of player. Not, I mean, not necessarily franchise player, but the guy that everybody associates the Devils with. Um, it would be a surprise to not only the NHL, but to Devils fans like myself. It would be like, say what? Like, and it's a dangerous move because, like I said, what he's asking for or what his agent is basically saying that Petrangelo wants it's just I don't it just doesn't work for where the devils are right now. Now, if the devils were more in a situation where they just needed that one big veteran talent to, you know, finally become a Stanley Cup contender, then okay, you make this move. But even if he wants nine and a half to ten million dollars average annual value for a guy who's now into his thirties, I just think that's not a risk worth taking taking. I really don't I don't see it as it something that's going to work out. But it is interesting, nonetheless, to the fact that you're putting his name in this, you know, in the Devils, you know, rumor mill, so to speak. But I've already been talking to a bunch of Devils fans and a bunch of Devils you know, media personnel. And a lot of us all agree that this this is not going to be, there's a lot of smoke to this. There's not a lot of uh, fire to this. I mean, there really isn't. It's, it's a crazy rumor. Um, I would obviously, I'd be okay with it if it was a three or four-year deal that wasn't going to break the bank. Um, but, you know, it's it just doesn't seem likely that Patrangelo would want to do that. If he were to come to the Devils on a one-year deal, I'd still wouldn't like it because I'd say, well, what's the point? You know, if he comes in and, and has a really good season, do we then want to feel comfortable paying him a crap load of money when he's 31? I mean, like, there is no... I don't see it, this working out. So my thing is that... Alex Petrangelo is a great player, tremendous defenseman, would 100% make our defense a lot better right away. But when it comes to the long-term and you're constantly talking about building this team, you know, with Nico and Jack Hughes and those guys and saying things like, you know, when Jack Hughes and Nico Hischier blossom is when the Devils will become a playoff-slash-Stanley Cup contender, adding Alex Petrangelo I don't think would be the smart option at this moment. He would be a guy that if, like I said, if the Devils were already a Stanley Cup contender and adding him would be the final piece to a Stanley Cup puzzle, okay. But I just don't see it as a a very likely possibility. But it was something that I wanted to mention to kind of keep the rumor mill going as much as possible, Uh, especially that we're only a few days away from the NHL draft. So there's this one, but I just don't see it as a likely possibility that much. So the next bit of information I wanted to share with you guys is something that I actually got from one of my good friends, Sean Harrington. Uh, he sent this to me from an article that was written by Craig Houston of the Athletic. He's NHL editor in chief. Uh, basically, he came out and he had a he had two or three points usually about every single team that has been in a rumor, you know, or in a bunch of rumors throughout the off season. And one of them was the Devils. And this is what he had to say about the Devils. Agents looking for a payday and teams looking to move contracts have identified New Jersey as a potential landing spot. The Devils have plenty of salary cap space and a GM in Tom Fitzgerald willing to deal, but this won't be a dumping ground for bad contracts. The Devils have an asset in their cap space and are willing to be patient on this front. They also want to win and provide a positive environment for young players Nico Kishir and Jack Hughes, But for contenders looking to move quality players to clear space to make changes, the doubles are a definite option. So pretty much this is what we have come to expect from Tom Fitzgerald throughout the entire offseason. These are things that he has said from the get-go when he officially got hired as the general manager of this team. He pretty much was like, look, we have all these different ways that we can improve this team. We have salary cap. We have three first-round picks. We have the ability to make trades with teams that need to, you know, move some quality players in order to have more salary cap space. There's all these different moves, but Tom Fitzgerald also made it clear that he's just not going to take bad contracts to please the masses. So, an example of that would be something like, oh, the Devils would have to take, you know, Louis Erickson's really really bad contract, and and let's be honest, it's a really really bad contract for. I don't know, Brock Besser, right? And a lot of Devils fans might come at me and say, but it's Brock Besser. You know, we, we need to get a player like him. I understand that. But Tom Fitzgerald, because I'm speaking from what I'm reading and what I've heard from Tom Fitzgerald himself, he's just not going to do that. He's not going to just do that, you know, just to get him, get a talented player like that. And I've mentioned some other guys that the Devils could go after that wouldn't necessarily – it wouldn't be a salary dump situation. They could get a quality player without having to give up very much or, you know, what, without having to take on a whole lot and kill your cap space. Tom Fitzgerald is approaching this whole situation, this whole offseason with the mindset of he is going to make sure that every deal he definitively makes is the one that works best for the organization moving forward. Because he constantly is looking towards the future. He wants Jack Hughes and Nico Hischier to be the forefront of this rebuild. He wants this team to rally around those two guys. You have two elite franchise centermen on your team. It's it's great to have one, but we have two. And that's really, really big for us. Tom Fitzgerald is coming in, you know, in a better situation than when Ray Shiro came to this team. He, you know, he's able to have a lot of young players in the system that given time could develop into really, really good NHL players. He already has some quality guys on the roster already, and he has the opportunity with several first-round picks and with a huge amount of cap space to make moves without having to take on bad contracts. So let's keep that in mind, and let's look at it that way, that don't expect the Devils, if they're going to get a very talented player that's going to help them right away, don't expect them to just be like, oh, we'll just take on your worst contract and help you out. They are going to be willing to help out some teams to make salary cap room, but they're not going to make it very easy for teams to do so. So let's use, let's use the Mikhail Sergachev example that I, we, you know, rumor that we were talking about before. The Lightning would move Sergeyev in order to, you know, get cap space to get other guys signed or brought in whatever they want to do. The Devils are not going to take one of the other bad contracts on that team to acquire Sergachev. They're going to say to Tampa Bay, look, we're going to give you this and you're only going to give us Sergachev. You're not getting anything else. Like we'll just take that stress off of your hands, but we're not taking a bad contract. I don't know who exactly has bad contracts on the Tampa Bay lightning. I don't know for a fact, but this is just an example that I'm going to use. Brock Besser, like I just mentioned before, is another example and, and anyone else. You know, the Devils are not just going to get an elite player and then also have to take on a bad contract. I know that that could seem a little bit unrealistic, but it shows that Fitzgerald is putting his foot down and he's not just going to allow someone to try to take advantage of him just because he has this much room with his team. So keep that in mind when the Devils are possibly making moves or when they do make a move. Because I don't think the Devils are just going to be involved in all these rumors and everybody saying expect them to be busy and then not do anything. Like this team needs a lot of improvement, even for just next season. So expect the Devils to be busy, but don't expect them to have to take on someone's really bad contract unless it makes total 100% sense right away. But from what I'm reading, what I just read for you right now from The Athletic and what I'm hearing, it just doesn't seem like the Devils are willing to just take on someone's bad contract. It's not a place where teams can just call them and just dump all of their bad contracts away. That's the way he's looking at it. I'm open for business. I'm willing to make deals, but I'm not just going to allow you to give me anybody. I'm going to be specific on what I want and we're going to make a deal work. And if you don't like it, then fine. I'll just work with someone else. And that's how he's going to approach it. What it shows once again is that Tom Fitzgerald is very honest. It's very blunt about where this team is and what he wants because he has a vision for what he wants to see this team be. And you can see it already with what he's Put out there in the open we have not come to expect from the Devils as fans to be as open about what they're looking for usually especially when Lou Lamorell was still the general manager it was very very quiet and Lou's doing it right now with the New York Islanders we don't really know exactly what they're doing and Islanders fans are learning this for the first time this is what this is what Lou's always been about he's very quiet about you know the team making moves. He's going to make moves. You're just not going to hear about them. He's not going to make it public that he's trying to get certain people. I'm not saying that what Fitzgerald is doing is a bad thing. It's actually a good thing in a way because then it gives teams the opportunity to say, okay, look, this is what New Jersey wants to do. This is what their, you know, protocol is. This is what they're looking for. And, you know, if we feel comfortable making a deal and we want to, you know, live we want to go by what they want to, you know, what their restrictions are, then let's do it. That's the thing. Fitzgerald's being honest. And honesty is the best policy, especially when you're trying to give your give your fan base and give your organization an honest opinion of what this team is trying to do, where we are, and what we're trying to do moving forward. So I think that's a really good thing. And the bottom line with this is that Devils fans, even if we get a talented player, don't expect it to come at a heavy price. I think the Devils, whoever they get, if they get a big name player or if they don't, or if they get some quality NHL players, don't don't be surprised if the Devils don't have to give up a whole lot for these guys. There are, they have the advantage in, in all these negotiations because they have the most salary cap of any team going into the offseason or already in the offseason. So now that every single team is focused on the draft, focused on the offseason, you know, now it's time to really get serious about these moves. So let's see what happens. But don't expect the Devils to make a, you know, don't expect them to have to give up a whole lot and don't expect them to have to take on someone's really bad contract in order to get a player that's going to help this team now and certainly in the future. The last bit of news that I wanted to share with you Devils fans here today is something you probably most of you already know by this point, but if you don't, I'll share it with you anyway. And that is Tom Fitzgerald spoke to the media on Friday evening prior to the NHL draft. He was, you know, they, they asked him a bunch of questions about, you know, what his plan is going into the draft what it's going to be like in the draft room and if there was any news with regards to the team that he needed to share with the media. And he did share a bit of news. That is interesting. He did announce that Elaine Nazardine will return as an assistant coach under Lindy Ruff. This is something that we already kind of knew. Uh, I know NJ.com had kind of put it out there that it was pretty much for certain that Nazardine was going to come back and that he wanted to come back. Uh, and I give him a ton of credit. Uh, the Fitzgerald says he's, he sees this guy as somebody that could, you know, be you know is a familiar face for a lot of the devils players that are on the team right now and could certainly help in what Lindy Ruff is trying to do. And and Ruff made it public that he really likes Nazruddin and wants to keep him on. As some Devils fans might say, they say, well, it's a little bit uncomfortable because he's still one of John Hines's you know assistant coaches. And you know, are we worried about him, you know, kind of clashing with Lindy Ruff. I don't think that's the case. I think Nazruddin will will develop his coaching style in the way that Lindy Ruff wants him to. And I think that they'll work seamlessly. You have to remember that I think naturally did a pretty bang up job considering the team that he had and considering the situation that we were in, the devils were playing a lot better, especially down the stretch by the time the season was put on hold. I mean, we all talked about it before that if the devils have won, just one more game, they would have passed the Montreal Canadians and actually have been the last of the 24 teams to get in. So they near they were one point, you know, or one win away from actually being in the bubble for at least a few days. And we would have seen quote unquote some playoff hockey from the Devils. So you got to give credit where credit is due, that Nazarene made the Devils a much more competitive team. And guys like PK Suban and Connor Carrick and other people like that actually made, you know, said publicly that, yeah, we had a different energy when Nazarene became the head coach. It's almost like everybody just kind of relaxed and just went back to playing the game that they know how to play. And I do agree that they played better. They played more competitively. And if they can build off of that, that's just going to help this team moving forward without question. But Nazardine will return as an assistant coach. I think most likely considering that Mark Recchi has been brought on to pretty much do the same role that he did in Pittsburgh, which is in charge of the power play and the offense that Nazardine will be more focused on the penalty kill and working from there which is something that he was kind of focused on when he was working with John Hines. So he's pretty much going back to the same role that he was in before he became the interim head coach. Fitzgerald also said that he offered Mike Greer, who was one of the other assistants on the double staff to come back. Uh, I don't know if it was to be an assistant or in some other capacity, but Mike Greer did decline it and he wanted to be closer to his family and be a dad. So totally reasonable, totally understand, um, not much to say about Mike Greer, uh, considering that he also was a John Hines assistant. You know, I think a lot of Devils fans would are, are more, you know, like, let's just kind of move on from those guys and get a completely different coaching staff. And for the most part, it's pretty different. I mean, we do have Lindy Ruff as the head coach. Mark Reckey came in as an assistant. But, you know, we, we still have Nazardeen. But I also did hear that Rick Kowalski is still involved with the Devils, just in a different aspect. I think he's going to be more involved with Binghamton. And the minor league team like he was when he was the head coach of the Binghamton Devils before he became an assistant with John Hines. Um, and also Fitzgerald said the team is still looking for another assistant because they do need another one, possibly more of a guy that's going to work with the defensemen, and they still need a goalie coach because they did let go of Melanson. Now, some people are talking about, you know, Sergey Gonchar, another former Pittsburgh Penguins assistant, uh, could very well be a candidate. It all just depends on you know, who Lindy Ruff and Fitzgerald vibe with the most. Be interested to see who the goalie coach could be. I know that um, Terreri right now is the head, is the assistant, is the goalie coach with the New York Islanders. I would obviously love to see him come back because I, you know, I knew he was very good. And, you know, Martin Berder would would say the same because he was his goalie coach for several years towards the end of his career. But it'll be interesting to see what the Devils do. We definitely know for a fact that Within the next two, three weeks, we'll probably get an answer for both of those. So let's keep that in mind. Uh, Fun fact, talking about former doubles, uh, actually, John Madden uh, is now an assistant coach with the San Jose Sharks. He's going to be under Bob Boettner in San Jose. So congratulations to him. Um, You know, somebody did bring up the fact that could Larry Robinson come back as an assistant? Possibly, but I think at this point in in his life, he might just want to, you know, kind of stay away from hockey. But you never know. He was on the Devils main podcast a couple of weeks ago, um, but, you know, it's a possibility. I would certainly be, you know, for it. Um, you know, there's other guys out there, you know, Adam Oates, who was an assistant with the Devils before. If he still wants to coach, he could certainly, you know, bring that people said Scott Stevens, you know, or, you know, someone like that. I would be totally for it. But it all just depends on, you know, what Lindy Ruff and Fitzgerald are looking for. And uh, it'll be interesting to see who else they bring in. There's a lot of moves that the Devils still need to make. But this was something that Fitzgerald wanted to make public and go from there. So that's pretty much it for this part of the the podcast when it comes to talking about Devils rumors and also just news and notes, uh, most up-to-date news that you need from the New Jersey Devils. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, it is now time for the second part of this week's Devils State of Mind podcast. And of course, because this is coming out just before the NHL draft, I am now going to give you my final mock draft for who I see the Devils taking at picks 7, 18, and 20. I know a lot of you Devils fans are very much intrigued, particularly with the first round, considering the fact that the Devils have been rumored to maybe move one of those other two picks, 18 and 20, not really the, the seventh overall pick. I think that's, you know, most likely that the Devils will take a player at number seven. But we are going to pretend that the Devils are not going to move either one of those picks, and we are going to, and I'm going to say, who I think the Devils will take at the seventh overall pick, the 18th and the 20th so let's jump right into it with the seventh overall pick and with the seventh overall pick the devils are going to continue a trend of getting as many ottawa 67s as possible to the point where i think the ottawa 67s will become a farm team for the new jersey devils the devils will select with the seventh overall pick the austrian center marco rossi that's right Marco Rossi will also make history as being the highest-drafted Austrian-born player. So the Devils are known for making history with some of their first-round picks. A couple years ago when they drafted Nico Hichier, he became the first Swiss-born player to be drafted number one overall, and the Devils will make more history by taking Marco Rossi with the seventh overall pick. Some people have said, well, there's a good chance he might be taken right before then, but... Just by looking at a lot of the other mock drafts and just hearing from a lot of people, I think there is a consensus that there is a really good chance that Rossi could be there at number seven, primarily because people want to criticize him about his size. He's five foot nine. You know who else is five foot nine? Braden Point, who ironically also is Marco Rossi's favorite player in the NHL right now. So that tells you a lot. But Marco Rossi is a scoring machine. This kid is unreal. Last year, his last season with the Ottawa 67s, he played in 56 games, scoring 39 goals, 81 assists for an amazing 120 points. That is unreal. This kid is just a talent and a half. And one thing that was mentioned by TSN director of scouting, Craig Button, he said, He's got great lower body strength. He understands the game. He's smart, and he's really competitive. Marco, to me, like Alex Lafreniere, I think they're the two players that are ready to come into the NHL and contribute in the 2020-21 season. Now, Marco Rossi has already said that he's going to start the year playing in Europe because of the uncertainty of when the NHL season is actually going to start. But Rossi did say publicly that whenever the NHL season started, he would be more than happy to come and get into training camp and compete. And because Rossi is on the older side, being 19, being you know 18, going on 19 years of age, he will have a legitimate shot of making the Devils roster, especially on the bottom six. What makes Marco Rossi arguably the, one of the best talents, one of the top five talents in, an, in the NHL draft this year is simply this. Marco Rossi, we all know he could shoot the puck. But one thing that he does that a lot of other players don't do he goes into those dirty areas and he grinds for every single point. He earned, without a doubt, every single one of those 120 points that he scored this year. This kid has unbelievable speed, arguably the second fastest player in the draft. I can also make the argument that he might be a little bit faster than Lafreniere. This kid is tremendous. And I want to read something real quick from the Devils website, which is part of their Road to the Draft um, you know, segment on you know the uh, basically profile of Marco Rossi. I want to read a a little snippet because I thought this was really interesting. Marco Rossi is a player all hockey fans should expect to follow for years to come. Craig Button, TSN's director of scouting, believes that Rossi is one of two players that could play next season in the NHL. The other player Button believes is ready, Alex Lafreniere, who's expected to go first overall in this year's draft. So a lot of people are saying, even Craig Button, that Marco Rossi will be one of those players in the first round that I think will have a legitimate shot of making an NHL roster wherever he goes. And I think considering the Devils want to continue to remain young and are going to have some spots open, especially on the bottom six, Marco Rossi could definitely be there. And you could add another really talented elite centerman to a team with already two franchise centermen there in Nico Hishier and Jack Hughes. But this kid, the more that I watch him and the more that I hear about him and the interviews that he's done, the more excited I get because this kid is mature beyond his age. He's considered to be a leader in the in the locker room. And I almost guarantee you that Tom Fitzgerald has spoken to every single prospect the Devils have that has played with Marco Rossi on the Ottawa 67s and has said, what can you tell me about him? So I think more than any other team in the top 10, the Devils have the most information and the most understanding of Marco Rossi because they have players that have played with him. And the fact that he put up nearly 40 goals and over 80 assists and put up well over 100 points is incredible. It's an average of 2.14 points per game. The fact that he's scoring multiple points a game is something that just salivates Devils fans like myself. It gets us very excited about a guy like that. And I think one of the reasons that he could drop to the Devils is primarily, like I mentioned before, his size. But you know what? Sides means nothing to me in the NHL. It really doesn't because we've seen a lot of great players like that. And I've said this before and I'll say it again. I think that Marco Rossi could be a better version of a guy like Martin St. Louis, who's a Hall of Famer. That's how good I think Marco Rossi can become. And I think if the Devils are there at seven and he's there, the Devils should not hesitate one bit, not wait a minute or two to see if a trade comes in. You draft Marco Rossi and you get going. And I don't think there will really be any Devils fan out there that is going to be upset with this pick. You really would have to do something crazy for Devils fans to really get upset at Tom Fitzgerald. I think regardless of who the Devils take, Devils fans will be happy, but Marco Rossi to me is going to be the guy that really is going to get Devils fans excited. And I think he's going to be a star that if developed correctly, is just going to take off and be a really big contributor to this Devils team going into the future. So in my opinion and at my pick, I'm going to go at number seven. The Devils will take Marco Rossi, the centerman from the Ottawa sixty-seven. So now we move on to pick number 18. Again, like I mentioned before, we are going to pretend that the Devils don't move any of the three picks. And I just give who I think the Devils will take and who I think will be there at number 18. And with the 18th overall pick, the Devils will select an 18-year-old defenseman from Canada who plays for the Brandon Wheat Kings, and that is defenseman Braden Schneider. I think that the Devils most likely will want to take a defenseman within those three picks. It could be Jake Sanderson, but they would probably either draft him at number seven or move back into the top 15 to try to get him because I don't think that, you know, Sanderson would drop that dramatically. I mean, there's also a chance, you know, he could be taken within the first five picks. There's, a, you know, Ottawa has the number three and number five pick. They may love him so much that they just take him. Who knows? But I think the Devils will want to take a defenseman in the first round. There aren't that many defensemen that really stand out after, you know, you get past someone like, you know, Jake Sanderson. But Brandon Snyder is definitely the third best defenseman in this draft, and I think he has a legitimate shot of being there at 18. I think a lot of teams will be focusing more on trying to get forwards or even just moving back in the draft. So I think the Devils will want to walk out of the first round with a defenseman to, you know, help their own cause out and probably appease the masses of Devils fans that say we need to draft a defenseman, we need to improve our defense You know, blah, 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 blah. First of all, Braden Schneider would definitely not be a guy that I think the Devils would want to have him come and play in the NHL right away. They may invite him to training camp, you know, kind of like what they did with Ty Smith a few years ago and see what they got at him right away. But I think, you know, early on, we're going to see him play more in juniors. But I do think this is a guy that could be a very solid pick. And I don't think a lot of Devils fans would be that upset. When you look at Braden Schneider's statistics from his draft year production, he played in 60 games, got seven point got seven goals excuse me had 35 assists for a total of 42 points. So this is a guy that is an exceptionally competitive territorial defenseman who gives no quarter and seeds nothing without a determined fight. This guy is a old school type of defenseman. he definitely likes to be physical despite the fact that he's only 62 but he is just a little over 200 pounds so he's a little bit he's a little bit bigger body than some of the other guys that we've seen. This is a guy that has the opportunity that if he's molded correctly, he's more, not necessarily a project, but a guy that it's molded correctly could become a very good defenseman to be on your second pairing, you know, after guys like Ty Smith and Kevin Ball. But adding a defenseman, especially with the capability that a guy like Schneider has to, you know, handle the puck, to set up his teammates, especially on the power play. He did a lot of that. A lot of his assists did come from being on the power play. You could really see this as a guy that say, I really, really want to have this guy be part of your power play, maybe your top, or even especially in your second, a guy who does a really good job of blocking shots as well, and this is really something that I like because he's also a two-way defenseman, and I don't think the Devils have enough two-way guys that can not only help distribute the puck well offensively, but also can do their job that they need to do as their primary position, which is playing defense. So I think the Devils will want to take a defenseman with one of those three picks. And I think Braden Schneider is going to be the guy. And I think a lot of Devils fans are going to be very interested to see where this kid comes along as being part of the core of young defensemen that we develop that can help be a part of our future. So with the 18th overall pick, I am going to go with Braden Schneider for the Devils. So the last pick that we have, obviously, is the number 20 overall pick. So the Devils make the pick at 18, they'll wait around, and then they'll get another guy. So the Devils could really be in a situation when they get to the point where they get close to 18, where they say, okay, who are the two guys that we think will definitely be there at both 18 and 20? And who, which guy do we feel more comfortable with taking now? Because you never know who the team you know, in the middle of them could take at number 19. So I think that the Devils will look at obviously wanting to get a defenseman. They'll probably do that with the 18th pick, like I projected. And then with the 20th pick, they're going to take what I think is going to be a very intriguing pick. That could be somebody that helps on the bottom six and maybe could potentially have, you know, it might take them a little bit longer, but certainly could be a future top six player on your team. And that is Noel Gunless. The Swedish right winger, 6'2", 176 pounds, and this past year, Trap Year Production, he played in 49 games, and he scored 8 goals, 11 assists, with 19 points. So, this kid is somebody that could be a Jesper Boquist-type player, where he's taken later in the first round, but has a top 15, maybe even close to a top 10 type of value, in my opinion. And He's played in the CHL with, you know, the Champions Hockey League, which is over in Europe, and he's played against men, which is always something that excites me because it means that these young kids already have a pre, you know, disposition to playing against older players, playing, you know, playing against guys that are a lot more physical, and it would be easier for them to make that transition into the NHL game. Now, Gundler is somebody that's going to take two, three years to maybe develop, but once he gets... Fully equipped and ready to go, he could be a player that could be very impactful on a young Devils team that's at least, hopefully within the next couple of years, is a lot closer to being a Stanley Cup contender. But I want to read to you something from the Devils profile on Noel Gunler because I think this is important to to read. First of all, you know they say what's the buzz, and this comes, you know, from Yuck Never who is the Dauber Prospects Head of European Scouting via Dauber Gundler Draft Profile. He says, Gunner has an incredible ability to score goals in different ways because of his elite release and the ability to shoot the puck. It doesn't matter if it's a wrist shot, a snapshot, or a one-time slap shot. Gunner's shots are hard and accurate, and he doesn't need much time or space to get them off his blade. So clearly, Gundler is a kid that has a lot of talent, a lot of ability, but constantly works on it and you know, is a guy that has a hard slap shot, just a hard shot in general. And I think the Devils lack somebody like that. Yeah, they do lack an elite goal scorer, no question. But getting also some guys that just, no matter where they shoot the puck, it's very, very accurate and very hard to, you know, stop full force is something that's really, really good that the Devils have lacked as well. Now, here's another expert excerpt excuse me, from this same profile about Gunnar. Noel Gundler is a top-ranked right-wing prospect from Lulee, Sweden, who is a good pick for any franchise looking for a solid forward. Gundler is known for having a quick, powerful shot and the ability to create scoring opportunities. Gundler spent the majority of his season playing for his hometown team, Lulee HF, in the Swedish Hockey League. The SHL is the top professional hockey league in Sweden, which allowed Gundler to gain experience against older, more skilled players. Throughout the 45 games he played for Lulee HF, the right winger scored four goals and had nine assists for a total of 13 points. Very solid in your first year playing professional hockey, so to speak. He also played for the league junior and the juniors before his call up to the top league. So he had performed relatively well in the juniors to get called up to the professional team, which tells you a lot about how this kid's production has gotten better as he's gotten older. Although it was only a handful of games, Gundler had six points, four of which were goals, which is very, very important regards to what he did in juniors he was impactful right away so you look at this kid and you say he is more of a project type of player a guy that is not going to have a lot of high expectations but somebody could be very high in your prospect pool and somebody that you know kind of like with Jesper Boquist you can kind of bring along easily he has a lot of talent he has a lot of upside this is a very very solid pick for a team that's lacking offense and if you're developing you know your star players right now and you're developing this kid in your system, whether it's you know, continue to let him play in the professional leagues, and then maybe eventually in Binghamton, and you let him develop naturally, it's a kid that's just gonna have so so much ability and just become that much better by the time he actually gets to the National Hockey League. He is 18 years of age, which he's considered to be a, an older prospect. You know, usually a lot of the main guys are 17 and also 18 to an extent. But when I look at Gundler, I look at a kid that you know, could be a steal in the late round of the first round. So if the Devils were to keep that pick and Gundler's there, I think that would be a really, really solid pick. So if the Devils could get Marco Rossi, Schneider, and Gundler with those three picks, and I'm not saying that this is going to happen, but if they can get those three, I consider that to be almost an A-plus draft for them already. And, we, and the Devils have a lot of picks after the first round as well. So the Devils could still get talent throughout the rest of this draft. But if they start off the draft, getting these three guys, that is going to be one hell of a start for Tom Fitzgerald in his era being the general manager of this team. So getting guys, so Marco Rossi I have at seven. I have Schneider at number 18 and then Gundler at number 20. And that is my final official mock draft for the first round for the New Jersey Devils. And on that note, That'll wrap it up for this edition of the Devil's State of Mind podcast. Thank you guys so much for taking some time again to check this episode out. I greatly appreciate it. What do you guys think? Do you believe any of the rumors that the Devils are involved in? Uh, what are your guys' mock drafts? Who do you think the Devils will take? Will they make moves with the 18th to 20th pick? Will they not? If so, who will they take? Let me know on Twitter at Devil State, also on Instagram at Devil's State of Mind. I would love to hear. From you guys the fans because this podcast is not just you know for me to entertain you it's a collaborative thing between myself and you Devils fans we're all in this together so please let me know I would greatly appreciate it. if you want to check out more of the Devils State of Mind podcast here's what you do you go anywhere you listen to podcasts so whether that's iTunes SoundCloud Spotify Google Podcasts wherever you listen to podcasts just search Hockey Podcast Network or Devil's State of Mind, and you will see all the episodes that we post. We post new episodes of this podcast every single Monday. So every Monday, you get a new episode of the Devil's State of Mind, talking about the most up to date news for your New Jersey Devils. And you can also check out all the other team based podcasts and just great hockey podcasts in general on the HPN. We have a website, hockeypodcastnetwork.org, where there you could just go to any single one of the team based podcasts that we have. Trust me, you. If you if you love this podcast and you love listening to me and the personality that I have, you're gonna love all the other podcasts that we have on this network. I I promise you, we have just some great people with tremendous personality and so much insight. We get great guests that come on. Please go check those out as well. We would all certainly and greatly appreciate it. I mentioned before already, you can follow the Double State of Mind podcast on Twitter at Double State, on Instagram at Double State of Mind, and also on Facebook as well at Devil's State of Mind. And on all three of those, you can stay up to date when I post the new episodes of this podcast. And also there is a link to the website at Devil's State of Mind where you can bookmark it so you can stay up to date as well to see the new episodes that we post. So I give you many different ways you can stay up to date with this podcast. So again, please go check out the Devil's State of Mind podcast as I always promote here. We, you know, new episodes every single Monday. You want to listen to me talk more about what goes on in the world of sports, not just in hockey? You can check me out on the Mofobo Network Podcast, which is my own podcast that we post new episodes every Tuesday and Thursday on both Anchor and Spotify. M O F O B O Network Podcast, and you'll find it. We talk about all the most up to date topics going on in the world of sports. I also have a YouTube channel, Mofobo Network Presents, spelled the same way. We're just like on the podcast a new video every single Wednesday talking about different interesting topics going on. So between Tuesday and Thursday of every week, you get my sports podcast and YouTube channel. So please go support me on there as well. We have a Facebook page, just like double state of mind where you can stay up to date with the new podcast episodes as well as new YouTube videos. So please go check it out as well. And you can follow me to stay up to date with those on my personal Twitter at T H E N V P S H O W and my personal Instagram at nvpqb11. And last, but certainly not least, go check out my book right now on Amazon and also Bards & Noble titled J-E-T-S, Pain, 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 which is about the pain and suffering of being a Jets fan. And folks, I gotta tell you that the Jets continue to emphasize, you know, what my book really is all about and why they are the way that they are, especially with the way they've started this season, because... Oh boy, it's been uh, it's been interesting through the first four weeks for them. No question about it, but please go check it out. It's about all the painful memories, painful games, you know, painful player decisions. And if you want to just learn more about why the Jets franchise has been the way it's been since they last won their only Super Bowl, please go check that book out. It's available for hardcover and ebook for the price of 1969. And you probably guessed why I chose that specific price. So if you're a Jets fan, a football fan, if you know someone who's one of those, or if you just want to support me, please go check it out again on Barnes & Noble and also on Amazon. J-E-T-S, pain, pain, pain. Once again, my name is Neil Piano. Thank you for checking out this edition of the Devil's State of Mind podcast, and we will see you in the next episode. Everyone continue to be the awesome people that you are. Continue to support this great team. And trust me, folks, Devil's Hockey is going to be back sooner than you think. I know it seems like a long way from now, but it's going to be back. The future is very bright. It's a great time to be a double fan. So thank you to everyone who listened today and rock on. Woo!